know that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The Heart Sing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you. So let's get started. Welcome back. Episode 14 of the HeartSync Podcast. And we are diving in by popular demand to habit stacking today. Woohoo! Doesn't that get you jazzed? It does for me. I'm all about habits, and hopefully by the end of this episode, you will be too. Habit stacking is the process of linking one habit to another, and it can really be a game changer on your path to transformation. My intention with this episode is to not only inspire you to envision who it is you want to become, what things she does do, but to also give you the knowledge and tools to leave this episode and work your stack. I created a habit stacking tool freebie for you so you can do this work. Just listen to the episode, print it off and get started. Massive action, baby. I realized last year as I was putting together a habit stacking masterclass I was doing that my 100 pound weight loss was clearly tied to the habits I built. One gradual step at the time, I put them on a timeline and I was like, oh my gosh, I was habit stacking. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know about the concept yet, but it was so clear. I had added one to another slowly but surely. You know, first I meditated, then I planned then a walk with the podcast. Then I added in the magic morning pages. I think I meditated for probably a couple of months before I even really made a food plan. And then it was a very basic food plan. And I mean, like I just wrote my food on a notebook and that was it for a couple of months. I started walking with just a five minute mentality that all I had to do was five minutes. And most days it turned into longer because once you get out the door, you actually enjoy these things a lot of the time. But I remember a few days where I turned around after only five minutes, but I was still putting that vote in that bucket. And then I added in the morning pages and I did do the full three morning pages. And, you know, I think that's where the magic is in the third page and it's why it makes it easier. But whatever you got to do to get a vote in the bucket to make these habits that you want in your life, do it. And then, so as I grew, my planning got more and more detailed. And this process took over half a year. I was becoming Slayer, this future self I had built. And these things were my vision of who I wanted to be when when I plotted this out on the chart with my habits next to what was showing on the scale and going down over time in that six months, it was about 55 pounds of the loss, just adding these mini habits in. I was learning to train my brain and become that person I wanted to be. It wasn't an all or nothing, and it still isn't. You know, it was a get back up when I miss one and try again mentality. And as I learned to step away from being perfect, that it doesn't take a hundred percent execution to make a habit. The act of showing up, no matter how much, puts a vote in that bucket. How amazing is that? Now it's a habit to just get back up and do these things regardless with the thought, because now I am a meditator. I am a person who journals and does magic pages. I have become her and I'm always working on that next habit so I don't get complacent. 
And I don't ever want to get complacent again. That's when the ball of misery happens, when we stop growing. Or like when your habit stacks get rocked, it, it's back to figuring out how to reconnect things. This happened to a lot of us during this pandemic. Not only are we struggling with all the uncertainty in the world, but our own personal lives were uprooted in many ways. You know, um, quarantine at home completely changed how our days unfolded. Even those of you that aren't at home, you if you were on the front lines, you had to change how you operated, new regulations and habits to create and protect yourselves, additional stress in the environment. And some of you guys home with your kids all day while trying to work and trying to get some time for you, <laughs> we're still figuring that one out. Am I right? Understanding the process of habits is going to change your ability to adapt quickly and pr- persevere through these uncomfortable places and changes without giving up. And let's face it, you guys, life is always changing. So we can't use that as an excuse that this happened or that happened. We need the superpower so that we can adapt and learn how to train our brains. Let's dive into this so you can start to create a habit stack that is going to get you to where you want to go, but more importantly, become the person you want to be. I'm going to preface this portion of the podcast by saying that James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, is the source for most of what I've learned technically about any aspects of habits and stacking. And I'll link his book in the comments if you haven't had a chance yet to pick up a copy. It's a wealth of information on habits, and he does a great job at documenting like a zillion sources. I, however... I'm typing away from my brain as I sit here in the glorious Arizona sun on a Starbucks patio. So if I get something wrong, just chalk it up to my uh, my perception. And I'm going to reference clear as he's literally covered every habit research on the planet, I think. <laughs> Anywho, I am always excited about this topic because habits really are so much of who we are in this human experience. I mean, 90% of our thoughts are subconscious. And 50% of what we do in a day is habitual, according to some scientific genius studies out there. (laughs) But think about that, you guys. If 90% of your 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day are subconscious and your thoughts create your feelings, which result in your actions, then most of what you do in a day is motivated by thoughts you don't even know you have. If we're choosing Out of those umpteen thoughts we have in a day, thoughts that don't serve us uh, to feel and act on, mostly because their habits or they're buried by old beliefs and a lot of them limiting beliefs, right? Then of course we don't have the results we want. So we bring the awareness to our brains and thought tools through journaling, like the magic pages and thought models and downloads, but also in analyzing and adjusting our current behavior, our actions how we're taking action in this world and without judgment, but by taking an objective look at our habits. First, of course, we've created our future selves or we know who we want to become. So if you're still a little lost on that, check out episode nine of the future self alter ego creation after this. It's important to like decide and really see the behaviors you want to have so you can start working them in your stack and gradually. As Clear shares throughout his research, we want to become the people that do these things that have the goal we want. It's not the goal itself. Happiness isn't at the goal. 
It's who we become in the process. It's that not that number on the scale. It's who you become on your way there. The number is just a way to measure you're headed in the right direction. And that may not always be accurate too. You have to look at the circumstances. Are you changing these habits that will make you the person that gets there? Maybe you are just not doing it in the time you would like, but if you work on this system to get there and becoming her, you will have transformative, long-lasting change. Clear says, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. (sighs) Think about that. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. We are our habits. We are a direct reflection of that. So that being said, we can also become our habits. How exciting is that? So now you just learn how to build habits. He also talks about identity-based habit changes, which I'm sure, you know, with all my future self alter ego and stuff, I'm a huge fan of. It's all about identity-based changes. This is where true transformation is. We really need a vision of this person we want to be when that when we have these things that we desire. What does she do? Does she run or do yoga every day? Maybe she's a nature walker. What types of food does she eat? How does she take care of herself and her body? How does she react to people around her? These are all things in your environment or habit driven, and you can create them through this process. But first, you got to know what you want to create and who you want to become. Got to believe it, got to become it, and then you be it. So that's your first step in knowing what habits you want that will create the system. And just pick one to work on in the next 90 days or so when you get your stack worked out today. And you're going to do this today. Download that sheet after this podcast and just sit down and write your stack down. Take 10 minutes, 15 minutes. A habit stack is basically your routine. It's how one habit links to another. You have many habit stacks and larger habit stacks, stacks within stacks, if you will. Think of it like this. If I were to ask you about your routine, you might say, I wake up, brush my teeth and make coffee. These all are little mini habit stacks in themselves. For example, the coffee, I take out the bag of beans, I pour them into the grinder, grind them, pour them in the French press while the water is heating, of course. And then once it's heated, I pour it over the water. You, You get the idea. And for the purpose of analyzing your stack and how I'm going to speak about it after this section, I'm going to talk about this larger stack. Getting up, brush brush teeth, make coffee, not the tiny stack. You already have these things automated, but understanding that they break down is key too, because you want to break down your new habit. You want to understand this part of the process. So let's do first an overview of the habit cycle, and then we're going to get to stacking. The habit itself starts at the cue. This is from your environment, your five senses. You either see it, hear it, feel it, smell it, or taste the cue. So, you know, you hear the alarm, you feel your stomach growl, (laughs) you smell the pizza. And as I move through the process of making the coffee, I'm seeing myself complete one action leading to the next. You know, my body just knows how to do it now, but originally I had to learn and one motion stacked on top of another. Think about this in your habits. There are so many things we do unconsciously. What about when you brush your teeth? You take the cap off the paste, you put it on the brush, you brush your teeth, spit, rinse, put the cap back on. You start start to notice these cues. Like I just walk around all day. I'm like, oh, there's the cue. You know, start to like challenge yourself to do this. 
It also really helps us with emotions and weight loss as the cues come before the thought. And that thought about the cue is what creates the feeling and then the craving for that thing. Think about this, you guys. This is always like mind bending to me. Your favorite candy bar is sitting on the counter. What happens in your body, in your mind? Picture it there. Are you craving it? Just thinking about it? It may depend on your circumstances, but generally if it's your favorite candy bar and it hits all the pleasure senses, you're probably going to have some kind of reaction. Assuming you haven't deconditioned yourself on the desire, but more on that in another episode. You see the candy and your brain's like, yummy, chocolate, pleasure hit. And what comes next is the response, what you do to that craving. And then the final part of the cycle is the reward, right? Boom, the big sugar hit. So to recap, it's the cue to the craving, to the response, to the reward. So if you respond by eating the candy, you get the reward get that big sugar hit. If you don't eat it, you might have some work to do around not feeling deprived all because you didn't put the sugar in your body. And by the way, side rant here, (laughs) you can only feel deprived if you have a thought about it depriving you. You can only feel deprived not eating something by your thoughts. And that is the work, my friends. If your thought is, poor me, I can't eat that chocolate, of course you're going to feel like crap. If your thought is, look at me, I'm so powerful, I'm not eating that chocolate, I know it just makes me feel like crap anyway, then you might start to feel a little bit better about it. Choose from those 80,000 thoughts carefully. Watch for them. You can start to change this as you become more aware. It's important to understand this before you start working on your stacks. It really is a process that takes time, compassion for yourself, and an understanding of your brain while it's building a habit so you can become the observer and that you don't get stuck in a swarm of negative self-talk. To illustrate how cravings can vary by your thoughts, let's take that same candy bar sitting on the counter. You have someone over that's never seen a candy bar. They live in some part of the world where they just haven't been exposed. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? What would their response to that candy be? Would they have a craving? Of course not. They have no idea what, what they would even be craving or what a huge reward the brain gets when it eats it. They just would not even know. And so what if you didn't have these preconceived thoughts about things you crave that don't serve you? Wow, right? This is why the mind work is key too, because you can interrupt the cycle at that part in the process and really start to change those pieces deep within. Okay, so hopefully you understand the habit cycle a little bit better and let's move on how to change, how to use it in your stack. As you could see from the candy, there are things we can do to interrupt and change the habits from anywhere in the cycle. You already have habits in place. So let's talk how we're going to use those to cue a new habit and use the four laws of behavior change that Clear talks about and effectively stack our habits, making it more likely for us to succeed. So let's get to it, you guys. Let's say you want to meditate first thing in the morning. (laughs) Of course, you knew it was going to be meditation, you guys. I mean, are you surprised it took me this long to work it in? So first thing I want you to do is write your morning routine out, each thing, and not the little tiny things, but they each main habit. And if you get in your phone first thing, put that on the sheet. 
especially if you're saying you don't have time, because I guarantee you there's time in there. So, you know, put on there, go to the bathroom, whatever big movements, movements there are moving you place to place and doing these habits you have, go ahead and write them down. And let's take a view, the bigger view stack. You know, you wake up, you brush your teeth, make the coffee. Don't write out your mini stacks. Just understand them for now. I'm going to say that now I'm going to wake up, brush my teeth and meditate for 10 minutes. I do recommend longer once I teach you, but that's for another day. Let's just, let's get you started, right? Get some votes in those buckets. But wait, before you insert your new habit, take a minute and break down the new habit into a mini habit stack. So what do you need to make this habit happen? Where are all the things you would need to do? For meditation, it might be as simple as have your meditation area set up for you to go. But maybe there are things you like to have there where you meditate. Or if you're going to do a guided meditation, maybe you need to pick out an app or put it on the TV if you can so you don't get your sucked in your phone first thing. Like whatever you can do to make that process easier. So I'm going to write out, pick out meditation, sit in a comfortable chair, have a blanket for my lap. Okay, that's going to be my mini stack for that. When I wanted to add yoga, which I added over the summer and I wanted to do it first thing, I set it up the night before I rolled out the yoga mat. I had my meditation altar stuff that I love that makes me happy sitting there. And I had my yoga pillows out. So literally when I woke up, I like stumbled to the yoga mat. A little path of least resistance, you guys. So now you are going to add meditation into your stack or whatever you're adding in. And I've decided I'm going to meditate right after I brush my teeth. So the cue will be, I finished brushing my teeth. Your thought then needs to be, oh, it's time to meditate. And maybe there's some way in your environment you can cue that thought. But how do we get this to cause the craving before you desire to do the habit? That thought might not motivate you initially until you experience all the benefits of meditation, of course, but it can take a little time as you build the habit. I'm going to set up a reward for myself after I meditate. Maybe checking your phone is a reward. Maybe you take that habit that used to be a negative and you turn it into a positive. Maybe the coffee, maybe something, maybe something new. You need to decide for yourself what that reward is going to be. Now, you're going to write an implementation statement. Writing this down makes you 68% more likely to carry out the task, even if you didn't. So Clear tells us, we think we lack motivation when we really were lacking a clarity of execution. So make sure you write it down. You're going to write down a statement that'll be very specific, such as, after I brush my teeth, I will meditate for 10 minutes, and then I will have my coffee. The key here is the four laws, you guys. You want to make it obvious. You um, want to make it attractive. (laughs) I wrote craving. (laughs) You want to make the craving attractive and a response and a reward. At the cue, you want to make it like right out there in front of you. So obvious. So having a reminder of meditation where you brush your teeth might be a good idea. Something that's going to give you an extra little nudge to get there. I used to write things on my bathroom mirror. Maybe you have a sticky note. Maybe you just have something you take to meditation with you. Something that's going to kind of give you a visual, especially while you're first building this habit. And at the craving, you want to make it attractive, right? Maybe you set the area up so nicely so you get excited to sit there. You can also work on your thought process here too, because that's what creates a craving are those thoughts, right? And your desire to go do something. So if you can convince your mind it's wonderful, it will be. 
You create from your thoughts, so don't discount that power too. And at the response, you want to make it easy, a little bit of as little of a barrier as possible between you and the habit. So set up your area the night before. So it's all set. You can just go sit down and get to meditating. Have your meditation picked out if you're doing a guided one, whatever you can do to prepare so you have the path of least resistance. And at the reward level, set yourself up pretty here and make sure it's satisfying. Eventually, you'll be rewarded by the overall benefits of adding the healthy habit in and you will just start to enjoy it, believe it or not. But your brain does not dig building these new habits. And in fact, in the middle of making this habit, understand right now that your brain will decide it's a horrible idea, that you should have picked something else. It's too hard, that you don't like it, all of these things. That is why we start and stop so many things. So let's talk about the brain here a little bit. This will be important as you build your new habit. And I want to make sure you understand at least the concepts so you can see it happening and be wise to your Neanderthal brain. She's just trying to get all the rewards she can and she's in training. You are making a new pathway in your brain, adding this habit in. And your brain just wants to go back to how things were, all comfortable scrolling Instagram, getting a dope hit when you wake up. However, smart brain. The one you get to make decisions from, the one you have the uh, the power to steer your chariot, and she knows that the path to her healthiest self is in the other direction. Just know it's going to be uncomfortable. It takes an average of 66 days to make a habit, some shorter, others as long as up to like 250 days. It takes time, so know that. Showing up even when you don't feel like it is key and putting a little toe in the water. However, you know, don't get in the perfectionist mindset that all is lost if you miss a vote in the bucket and becoming that person. Just get back up and go again. Just keep putting those votes in. It doesn't have to be a streak to make it a habit. You just get back up. The more votes you put in outweighs the not putting in, if that makes sense. So what is happening in your brain? Let's think about this. Your brain is literally making a new neuropathway. It's carving a new road out in there. I was talking to actually one of my uh, private coaching groups in the sisterhood. We got talking about snowblowers and this example of the brain came up and I love it. She was saying how it was hilarious watching their husbands out there with snowblowers and how they seem to love it. And we just keep going and do the neighbors too. Like it was just like so much fun. I was, I said, well, it's probably therapeutic or something, seeing all that snow cleared away on the path. And isn't it too bad we can't see these paths created in our brains, like with the snowblower? Like if we can know we're almost there, we're almost to the neighbor's house, how motivating would that be? Especially when it feels like clearly there must be a layer of ice in this snow. (laughs) It's like so hard to make this path. But we can't see these new paths. We can sure feel them in our body and our brains want us to run, but we just can't see them. And Robin Sharma talks about this in his book, The 5 a.m. Club. Another gem, in my opinion. Pick one of those up. I I like that one in Audible, actually. I like the storytelling. Some people don't agree with me on that. Everyone's got their own opinion on this book. I think when learning comes to you when the time is right. So if that calls to you, do it. Uh, He says uh, the beginning of a habit is hard at first, messy in the middle, and glorious at the end. We can't see 
in the messy middle that we're almost through the other side where it's glorious. We're almost breaking through that next driveway and we just can't see it. So hang in there. Just know it's part of the process and know you want this. So get through the mess to the glory. Breathe, meditate, do whatever you have to do. Bomb some other stuff. Dial in on the votes of becoming the new you and snowplow your way right through to a new pathway in the brain. Get a habit tracker too. Picture your snow-filled driveway and the progress you're making with each vote you're putting on that tracker and putting in that bucket for you. It's so worth it when you make it through to the other side. And then guess what? You created the skill of habit building and you understand and you know how to do it over and over because you did it with this awareness and you can start to create who you want to become one habit at a time. Now, get grab that free tool I'm giving you guys to analyze your habits. You're going to discover all kinds of different things in your stack that you can modify, but be mindful of your brain and the training involved with the Neanderthal. Try to stick to just one habit and be gentle with yourself as you're carving out that path in the icy snow. Just remember how glorious it will look once you've cleared it. When you become the person that does those things in your life that you want. We'll talk more about removing a habit another time, but just know that the tracker will lead you through analyzing your current habits. And you may want to move right now and try to eliminate a ton and implement a ton and create the most amazing stack ever, but stop yourself. Try to keep as much intact as possible and add one new habit at a time to minimize the torment of your Neanderthal brain. We got to ease her into the process. And we're in this for the long game, you guys. This isn't the quick pill podcast in case you, maybe I need to make that a tagline. Uh, Heart Sing Podcast, a transformation, self-discovery is not your quick pill podcast, right? This is how you really make it happen. This work, and it takes time and just be in for the long haul. Sit back for the ride and take these steps. If you do decide to limit, have, eliminate habits, you do the laws of behavior and reverse. And I would say if you want to get rid of some or you really need to, to find time to do your new habit, use the habit that your brain clearly enjoys but doesn't serve you. Like maybe your Instagram scroll and move it to after your new habit. Use it as a reward. It'll shorten the time you can do the mindless time sucker, (laughs) but you will still get your dope hit and you can look forward to it and you can work on removing it later if you desire. I keep I keep mine. I plan my time sucker dope hits now. (laughs) you will find what works for you. Okay, guys, that was a lot. It's much easier to do this in a class to show you, but this podcast was in demand. The transcript of this episode will be on the podcast page and a link to the free tools in the show notes below and on Namaslayer at the podcast page. Let me know what you think of it. I'm excited to hear about your habit stacking process and how you start to create this awareness around your brain and what you're actually doing throughout the day and the cues and all of that in your environment. It's changed so many lives of not only myself, but a lot of the sisters in the Me First Sisterhood. Get a copy of Atomic Habits. I I don't think I could go wrong with that recommendation. And honestly, you might as well pick up the 5 a.m. club too. But some people don't agree on that one. But I just can't imagine. I loved it. If you've enjoyed this podcast, and I'm assuming you must have if you made it this far, it would mean the world to me and the recognition of the Heart Sing podcast if you shared it, left some stars and a review, 
And I love to read them. I haven't figured out how to respond to them, but they just light me up. And I want you all to know I see that. I love them. I love you. It's appreciated. You keep me creating and motivated. You are my why. Until next week, my witches and bitches, go habit stack your little booties off and become her. Light this bee up. Slay her out.